1: The real question is, why the f is in Atlanta in your top Trevor Lawrence ranking? Because they dropped out last week yeah. because they had too many leads. <laughs> I was like You're getting <laughs> you're too, too, many too many leads.
0: Too many leads, right. that's not what you should <laughs> be doing if you're trying to get the number one. Uh, you're
1: a nitwit. Uh, oh yeah, baby, here he is. It's Monday. Trevor Lawrence rankings are coming. What you're you were no, egregiously wrong now. I mean, they should oh, they should have been on that, that Atlanta Falcons team. But this list for Trevor Lawrence just keeps getting bigger. You're gonna have a hard time ranking these top <laughs> five. T-
0: there are 10 teams that could be in the top five worst teams right. discussion, for right. sure.
1: One other thing, too. Yeah. One other thing. Okay. Are you Oh no. You nervous? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like you've been saving this for this. Oh, moment. I have okay. since the second I Uh-oh. saw you today. Oh, okay. Are you a little obsessed with the color? Can you not go a Monday without wearing it? <laughs> I thought of that when I put on the t-shirt. So Can I'm you not go one Monday without wearing
0: dark red? Red brings out the color of my skin better than any other color. Okay. I think it was when I was 13 or 14, someone said to me, they go, Ahmed, red right. looks really good on you, yeah. and I will never forget that. Yeah. And so if I'm picking between two shirts, yeah. and I'm going to be you go with red. on YouTube with you, Right. I'm going to wear red. Okay. But now that you've made me feel so bad about it, you're yeah. ruining this color for me, which I've loved since the age of 13. <laughs> I like oh. it, too. I just didn't
1: know you are going to wear it every Monday, I'm so i had to call it out. I'm wearing out.
0: the red shirt. And today, for yeah. the first time all year, I'm wearing the glasses. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, glasses are different, different right? So I, I want to be, you know, smarter on yeah. the podcast, yeah. and I figured I can do two things. I can either... Research more, right? Or wear glasses. All right. And so, research more takes time. So you just wear glasses. Okay. And just wear glasses. And now, when people just click on, yeah, like if they haven't heard this part of it, they go, Wow, Ahmed's actually pretty smart. Looks smart. Pretty smart. <laughs> he looks like he knows what he's talking <laughs> yeah. about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure.
0: All right. So let's. You ready for it? You know it. You know so what we every got. Every Monday, this is what we do. Yep. Glasses or no glasses, we're going to get through every game. We're going to talk about every game, which is getting easier now because (laughs) games are dropping off of the uh, schedule each week. But uh, we will be able to do that. We got two deep dives today. You watched the film of Raiders and Chiefs. We're going to go deep dive on that game. You also watched the film of what was our other game? Uh, Browns-Colts. Browns-Colts. Browns-Twitter, mad at you once again here. So we'll get into all that. We got Victory Lap, guys that you were – right on we've got uh self scout thyself my favorite part of the show where we look at things that you may have gotten wrong in the past i'm glad you you like that yeah Yeah. it seems to affect you don't like that like as much as you would like to say you like to self scout yourself that does seem to bother you
1: You, because you and pete seem always very excited
0: to get that on their list every day uh so we got we got that with all the games but um and the top pick uh Power Rankings for Time permitting, as always. No, if we have
1: time. The we'll time will be permitted.
0: Okay. There are some people, and we've heard from them, Chris, yeah. who fast forward to the end of the podcast. I'm I, not making this up. Why, wouldn't, not really why
1: wouldn't you? Yes.
0: And then they come back and listen to the rest of it. Oh, they do come back. At least they come back at and listen. At least they listen. come that's back. That's you what, think they do. That's what they tell us, at least. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's get into the film. Deep Dive number one. Yep. We got Raiders and Chiefs. Wow. Wow. Your guy, John Gruden. Yeah. Is doing it with the Raiders here. They get the win. They outscore the Chiefs. You don't see a whole lot of teams do that. Very rare. 40 to 32 was the final score. Uh, So this was 13 straight wins for the Chiefs, including the playoffs. That's gone now. Yep. Uh, They had won their last seven home games versus the Raiders. Gone. Gone. Uh, Mahomes was 12 and 1 in his career versus the AFC West. Gone. 12 and 2 now. That one's gone. Uh, And in 36 career starts, Mahomes never lost by more than seven points. Gone. Gone. Um, so all that is gone now. So I'm going to ask. Is you, that is amazing. That is amazing. All of it. It all just shows it. you the Chiefs' greatness while yeah. we're trying to yeah. crush them here. Um, so let's talk about the Raiders' O first. Raiders' yeah. O, Chiefs' D. And I'm going to give you three elements to the Raiders' offense here. And I want you to tell me which one was most impactful. Okay, cool. Was it. Henry Ruggs III back on the field, yeah. giving them a deep threat. Right. Was it that Raiders running game that was able to fritter away the clock at the end of the game, get right. the Chiefs offense off the field? Yep. Or was it Derek Carr with a career-high 11.2 yards per attempt going downfield more?
1: Wow. Okay. So um, those are, that's a good three to put it. And All right. So this is the way I think I would look at it. I would go with the run game one. I'd probably go Henry Ruggs too, and then Carr three. Okay. And I have reasoning here because I don't know if there is a, you know, as far as it pertains to Sunday, all three were very important. But I do think that the success of the game first starts with the fact that the Oakland Raiders have a run game that a team like Kansas City or any team has to worry about. You have to worry about when you play the Oakland or Las Vegas Raiders, excuse me, that they are going to bludgeon you up front. That is a real thing. It's the biggest O-line in football. Gruden's very smart, like not overly creative, but they never waste a play in the run game. And where I say it's important is because it forced the Chiefs to play some defenses that I think maybe they didn't want to or they just went, man, if we play coverage, they're just going to smash it down our throat. So that led them to playing some defenses and calling the bluff of the Raiders a little bit. Where they got caught, and we'll get into it, where they called the bluff and they went, eh, I don't think you'll throw it deep here. I'm going to play really aggressive, stop the run, and you might throw a short pass and call those type of defenses, and that wasn't the case. Mm -hmm. And then that's where Henry Ruggs comes into play, because Henry Ruggs is a game changer. They're a different offense when he is on the field. There's no doubt about that. It's like Kansas City losing Tyree Kill. Yeah, they're still good, but – it's a huge part of just the weaponry and opening up other people. Ruggs is, a, Ruggs is a difference maker. There's no other way away. He gets other people open, and he has got three rockets up his ass and plays bigger than he looks out on the field when it comes to 50-50 balls and all that, and then comes Derek Carr, who I don't want to like say he deserves to be third here or anything because he played really awesome. I mean, he really did. He did a lot of good things. The interception was the only dumb thing he did all day, and that was really a good play by the Chiefs doing something that they don't do that well all the time, and Brashad Breland making the play. So I think that's how I would rank it. Everything the Raiders do is set up by – we always talk about sometimes, like, as a team, you have to do something elite, right? Mm -hmm. Their elite thing is their O-line, Josh Jacobs, we will overpower you. That forces teams to, you know – uh, what it forces teams hand to stop that or do right. something so you don't die that slow death and that led to I think some of the big plays we saw in the past game so for the Chiefs yeah.
0: they they've had a hard time stopping any team on the ground let right. alone a team that can run with the offensive line like the Raiders here so Kansas City now is allowed 140 or more rushing yards in four straight games they got 158 rush yards allowed per game fifth most in the NFL so, this is a problem for them that they're going to need to try to figure out because yeah. it wasn't just the Raiders. This has been happening to
1: them. No, it, it has been happening. And but, but let's also not forget they've played the Patriots and the Ravens, who are teams that yeah. are very good at running the football and sometimes can have even skewed numbers that way. Like, yeah. you know, when you play the Ravens, sometimes you could have a great day r- stopping the run. Totally. And then Lamar has three scrambles. And that goes against your rushing stats. And you're like, the teams, people look at it and go, well, he ran for they ran for 150 yards. And you're like, well, it was really just Lamar on two plays. The rest of the day, we did pretty good. You always do that to me. I'm trying to tell a story with the numbers and <laughs> you throw context in there. Well, I, 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 but, but, but I, I understand what you're saying. No. And nonetheless, I think Steve Spagnuolo realized that as well. I think he realized it and went, wait, the Patriots, what they did to us last week, that really put us in a bind. And it kept Mahomes off the field for a large part of the game. So in this game, on a few plays especially, hey, you look, 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 all right, the, you know, let's go to the third and two. It's 21-17, okay. right? They're going to throw the, the deep bomb to Henry Ruggs. Third and two, it's, it's a tough down for a defensive coordinator, especially when you're playing a team like the Raiders because you go, wait, it's third and two. They could just run it up our gut and run it for a first down. They could throw a screen. Gruden's got a million short passes. Spagnuolo went for it. He went, you're not going to run it and you're not going to throw it short on me. So he basically played like a cover one look, right? They, had, they blitzed five guys and they had a safety down in the middle of the field only like five yards deep looking for somebody to come across, short crossers, short slants. That's all he was looking for. Mm-hmm. Well, Gruden called up the right play. And, and Derek Carr was smart enough to see, wait, they're going to play this with Henry Ruggs on the field. And I got a post called here. If he's going to play there, I don't care if he turns around and runs at the snap. He's not going to catch my guy. And Carr makes a great throw to where Ruggs never has to slow down yeah. and hits the big touchdown. They
0: beat Charvarius Ward on that. He's a third-year guy at a middle Tennessee state playing more this season than ever before. Yes. About 80% of snaps. Right. So. You know, not, not ideal, No, I, nothing against Ward, but he's just a guy that's not been out in that position before. No,
1: not his best day either, yeah. because we can go to the prior touchdown before that, and I, would, I could also sit here and blame Ward, Charvarius yeah. Ward. So yeah. on that play there, again, does he deserve blame? Sure. Is he put in a spot that's almost unwinnable there when they call that play? Yes. So before we all go like, oh, man, you know, the the analytics team says he's the worst at this, that was a really tough position to be put in. Mm -hmm. They were in a bunch set. He's playing outside because he can't get inside him in a bunch set or he can get picked and he's just going to go free. And there's no safety in the middle of the field. So he's trying to, you know, cover the guy man-to-man, but there's nothing on the other side of the field to even threaten the guy. So once he gets off the line scrimmage clean – it's a foot race, and that's just one he's not going to unless land. he's
0: as fast as Rugs, which no defensive back not probably really is. Exactly
1: right. So exactly you're not right. Not be able to do anything there. Okay. Now he had an issue on our touchdown to Nelson Aguilar. Okay. That makes the game 14-10. People want to know what happened there. It's 14-3. You're going, ooh, Kansas City looks good. This looks like the typical Raiders-Chiefs game. They're going to kind of blow them out, and here we go. Well, what happened on that there on that play there? You know, is again. Kind of caught West not recognizing what was going on quick enough. It was the speed, you know, F- Ruggs is on the right, right? So he's on the right. He fakes the speed sweep going to the left. So now he's out into the left. And Aguilar is also on the left in a tight split and is going to run a post route, of course. Darren Waller's on the right. He runs the deep crosser. They run deep crossers a lot. They do that, Waller, short crossers, deep crossers, all of it. Well, they played a, a coverage, a quarters coverage basically, where the safety, uh, the, the safety 22, Thornhill, he crashes to take the, the crosser and Waller. Now it looks like it's Matthew one-on-one, right? If you look at the highlight, anybody watch it, you go, well, Tyro Matthews one-on-one with Nelson Aguilar. Well, yes, but he's really playing quarters coverage. And Sharkandrick West, who's the corner, if you're, on, if you're the quarterback, right, he's your right corner on the right side. When he sees his guy go across, he's got nothing to worry about anymore, right? So now he has to get back to his deep quarter. And he doesn't recognize that he has no coverage threat coming towards him, so he needs to get back. And that's why the post goes all the way across the field. Right. And that's where he gets to see Waller go across and really get on his horse quicker to take away that deep post. It's a tough play. Again, they're asking a lot of their corner. Right. There's no doubt about that. So,
0: listening to you talk yeah. about the Raiders' offense here, your boy John grudens he's doing some stuff. He is. Like, he's, he's figured some stuff out. He's, not only, I mean, they were super excited to get Rugs. You could tell that. They, they thought that that might be a missing piece that could open up other parts of their offense. They love him. Um, and the fact that they were able to throw deep in this game, and I heard you talking with Florio, and Floria was kind of making the impression that Gruden has been dying to get Derek Carr to throw deep for a while now, and is that the case, or was that just the way this offense was designed and the plays he was calling? And now, last game was a game where they just opened things up together, him and Carr. Yeah,
1: no, I think it is like uh, to what you're saying. I think it is a little the case. Gruden has to be forced to throw the ball down the field. Trust me, I've been there with him. Yeah, that's not. So that was as much Gruden. As I with I Carr. think so, and I think also. With the fact of we got to play Kansas City and Ruggs is back. Like, I can't think that I'm always going to go on a 10-play, 80-yard drive. Like, we're going to yeah. make some plays here to take a little, like, pressure off. and We're going to match Mahomes back and forth. And, yeah, that's where I, get, I give Gruden a ton of credit. I mean, Derek Carr, way to go. I mean, really, he threw very few bad balls all day long. And he was aggressive in his thinking for the most part. And I think this is the thing that really, really I was impressed with Gruden. Gruden was really patient with the run. Even when there was times where you go, man, you could throw it here and just get in a total shootout. But I think he looked at it and went, I don't know if I want to just get in a total shootout where we're just going to drop back and throw it every play. That's not our best suit. And if it's that type of shootout, I don't know if we're going to win. I think that's, just like, I think that's what his approach was. I think he was like, I'm going to run the ball, control the clock, and – Every now and then when the opportunity presents itself and I feel like, ooh, I got them in a down and distance where I can kind of think they're going to do something aggressive and we can take a shot, that's when he took his shot. He didn't get overzealous to go, I'm going to take a shot on first down and second down, and then all of a sudden it's third and ten, and you're like, fuck, it's third and ten, and now we're going to punt the ball back, right? So he ran the ball sometimes into some looks where I would go, John Gruden normally would go, We had the bunch of fuckers rule. There's a bunch of fuckers where we're trying to run the ball. Mm -hmm. Why the fuck would we run it over there? Yeah. Let's run it somewhere else. But he had, or let's go to a pass play. This game, there was a number of runs where I think normally he would have said, "Let's check out. Let's get the spider to banana, something like that." Blah blah blah. And I think he just said, "No." He was like, "No, we got. We're going to run the ball. I got a good running back, a good old line, and they got a weapon on the other side that I'd like to keep on the sideline a little bit and not really let him get in a rhythm." And I think it was a very nice blend of being aggressive and conservative at the same time, if that makes any sense. Jacob's probably still
0: a little underrated. Because um, you, you think about him because he's a good pass catcher out of the backfield. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of those, you're like, okay, good scat back kind of, you know, good on third downs. But no one spent less time behind the line of scrimmage oh, than Josh I Jacobs. I was going to say, he had no week. holes all day. He was, boom, trying to, you know, he was attacking the line of scrimmage. Yes. Um, and I'm thinking specifically of that touchdown early in the fourth quarter right. where Chris Jones had an arm tackle on him, blew right through that, um, and then just ran over Juan Thornhill to get over the goal line. So, I mean, Josh Jacobs is good, a good pass catcher, good shifty back. He's got a ton of power. Definitely. He can run over
1: people. A ton of power. I mean, you know, it goes back to our old adage, look at his legs and ass. They're, they they, they do. They got some real power. And yeah. Trust to me, what, I was. <laughs> you were good. You better been. be. Yeah. I mean, geez. And then. You know, but, but to your point, it is rare because he is. He can make people miss. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. But he has a real sledgehammer quality about him where there's nothing there. Screw it. I'm going to put my head down and so what? It'll be second and eight or second and nine. But it's not going to be I danced around and now it's second and 13 or something like that. I do respect that. And, yeah, 23 for 77. That was his stats for the day. That shows you how patient Gruden was. Yeah. That really, there's something to be said about that. You know, that's why I was going to say the Chiefs run defense, for the most part, other than the one Booker 43-yard run, there wasn't a lot of daylight. They, they like last week, uh, or no, two weeks ago against the Ravens, when I said, they sold out and said, Lamar's going to have to throw the ball to beat us. They, they did the same thing to the Raiders. They said, Derek Carr's going to have to throw deep balls, and we got to see it to believe it before we get, come out of this. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. And then they saw it, and now they'll believe it next time they play. Every team's going to believe it from what they saw in that game. Yeah. Can we shift over to the no. Chiefs Okay, fine.
0: <laughs> okay. Chiefs So here because, I mean, there is a correlation. You think of Mahomes and the Chiefs being that deep-throwing team. Mm-hmm. Carr on, passes over 20 yards, 4 of 6, 219 yards, two touchdowns. You've already established that. But Mahomes and the Chiefs. Three of ten, 86 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. And really, if you go back to their first win, first game of the NFL season against the Houston Texans, that was a dink and dunk offense. They've been dink and dunk um, a couple of times. Yes, they have this year so far. They have this game included. They were not able to throw it deep successfully. No,
1: they Why? weren't able to continue to do it all day long. Why? You're right. And well, there, there's a few reasons, you know. I, I and you know, I, really, the Raiders played it. The right – or let's say this. They played it the right way. They made the right adjustments. That's the big thing to me. Hmm. You know, early on in the game, yeah, okay, first drive of the game, Mahomes, company, they go downfield and score. Second touchdown was off the car interception, right? It was only a 28-yard drive. So there was nothing special there. But I think the one thing they started to realize halfway through the next drive, the drive that goes to 21-10 Kansas City, right, this is when I noticed a change in the game. They stopped blitzing. They stopped blitzing. They went to New England what New England did last week. They started going, fuck it. We're never going to get there. He's going to find the open guy or he's going to make our blitzer miss. Or he's just smart enough to go, wait, I know there's somebody coming, but I'll float like a butterfly. And eventually my crosser who's running down the field will be faster than your guy covering him. And you blitz me and I'll just throw it out there and he'll get it. Mm-hmm. And that stopped. And that's when I think the Raiders realized there was, I think, a a crossing route to like Sammy, or maybe McCall Hardman. And I went, like in the fourth quarter, because I started to pay attention, I went, I don't think they blitzed since like second quarter. They really stopped. And they started changing coverages every play, playing real conservative. I don't think I saw a play where they called the same coverage back-to-back the same coverage, like never at any point. And for the most part, it was four-man rushes, some three-man rushes, and it was a lot of what I would call basic coverages, but true coverages. Where And, of course, they knew what they were looking for out of that Kansas City offense. They're talented in the secondary, the Raiders. Their pass rush is not good. And I, 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 I really praise them for not going, oh, our pass rush isn't good, so let's blitz more. Mm-hmm. Our secondary is good. We can one-on-one. No, nobody can one-on-one Kansas City all game long. That's not possible. So you got to do some things to help it, even if you're playing one-on-one, you got to have a guy in the middle of the field like being a robber just to take a little pressure off those crossing routes so that guy that's playing one-on-one doesn't have to worry about that. Do those type of things. And that's what they did. You started seeing, I started seeing coverages where I would call Tampa 2, P-Tampa 2. P means there's a P-dropper. Like one of the D linemen Sounds comes bad. out. And you yeah, don't want not. that. Well, yeah, you, got you know, got a P-dropper on your team. You're like,
0: that's not good. He drops
1: out of the line, and now he's kind of spying and now they're playing Tampa, too, but just another guy in the middle of the field for coverage while, let alone, they're watching Mahomes as, oh, wait, he breaks the pocket and runs to the right now? Oh, I'm going to go over there and force the issue. I'm not going to let him sit there for all day now that he's broken the pocket and wait for somebody. He's going to have to fi- break the pocket and find somebody pretty quick, or Arden Key was going to hit him and make, the, uh, make a sack. So they really had a good game plan that way as far as what they did and then really taking away big plays. And honestly... Um, and to your point with the dink and dunk and stuff, yeah. they needed to get back to that quicker. They, they kept calling plays into the third and fourth quarter where I wanted to go, that was cool in the first quarter mm-hmm. and early second quarter, but they haven't played those defenses since then. Like, we need to adjust and go back to the dink and dunk and right. things like that because they weren't going to let them hit the home run type shots down the football field. And are more teams going to play the Chiefs like that? I, I do think so. I think it's going to open people's eyes in that last two weeks to go, maybe we should just rush three and not let them extend plays as long and keep people in passing lanes. Because, yeah. you know, again, you've heard me say, Kansas City for the most part, when, especially when they get into like modes they did last, yesterday, all the guys end up in the same spots for the most part. It's deep crosser. It's fake deep crosser. Go to the corner. But they're all ending up in the same areas. And smart defenses kind of know where to look them up going like, oh, he's over there. Oh, he's going to probably cross over to me or post to me or do all that. And I felt like the Raiders had a good, good game plan for all of that stuff. So
0: here's a lot of numbers that back up what you just said. Tyreek okay. Hill, 78 yards in the first half, none in the second half. Right. And per, per pro football focus, uh, Las Vegas had five total blitzes, three in quarter one, one in the second quarter and just one in the fourth quarter. Yeah, Mahomes. Right.
1: Four for four, 94 yards versus the blitz. There you go. So they didn't. It was well. Thank you. Thanks time. for bolstering my argument there. But that was, that, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, that was a great job by yeah. you know them them reevaluating, going wait we're getting killed by the blitz. Let's mm-hmm. not blitz. And
0: probably some of it too is knowing that your offense can score against them, right? If you thought like man. We can't we need to make stuff happen. I they might break it on us deep here, but if we don't get some turnovers and don't try to make something happen, that we have no chance. Right. It's like, no, we actually can probably keep scoring on them. So, let's just play back and if this game shortens up, that's probably good that's for That's fine too. with them
1: too, yeah. right? They were fine with that. That's why Gruden was going to keep running the ball even though he was getting 1 yard at a time on some of them. He was just going fine. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to get us in a like a unmanageable position and I'm not going to put a, like Derek Carr in a spot where it's 3rd and 14 and Chris Jones gets a strip sack fumble or Honey Badger, you know, Steve Spagnuolo calls, calls some crazy defense and they get a tip ball going down the middle and it becomes an interception or anything like that. Uh, I, I think that Gruden really coached a hell of a game and then Gunther on the defensive side, the D coordinator for the Raiders, really, really good. I mean, the Raiders, you, there's a lot to be excited about with the football team. The D line is the only thing I'm not excited about, but they play hard. Their secondary is young and talented. They got young and talented receivers. They got one of the best O-lines in football. You mentioned the great running back they got. Mm -hmm. And Derek Carr is a really good quarterback. He's not a star. He's never going to be that. But he's really good, and you can win with him, especially if you present him some opportunities like you saw there. Having said all of that shit, right? Yeah. Right? I mean – the
0: compliment sandwich you're about to do. Well,
1: I'm you know, just like – it's, it's still amazing where the Raiders outplayed the Chiefs, but the Raiders – I mean, the Chiefs still sitting there with, like, chances to win the game. Sure. Hey, hey just like turning points to me that just jump out here more than anything. The – it's 21-17. Kansas City throws the deep post to Tyree Kill. Josh Abrams, he passed interference. I mean, it's blatant. It's going to – it should be first and goal at the four-yard line. That doesn't get called. The next play, Mahomes scrambles to the right and sees the backup tight end, Kaiser, going down the middle, hits him right in the hands. It's going to be a third and 15 conversion for a first down, something like that. third and 18 maybe. He drops it. It was a huge turning point of the game because the Raiders got the ball, went down and scored, Mm -hmm. and then it was like a game from that point on to where you went, ooh, the Chiefs are in advantage, they're in advantage, can the Raiders keep up, can the Raiders keep up? And that stopped the Raiders from having to keep up right there. I thought that was really a, a big turning point to me. All right, so we still
0: think the Chiefs are going to win the division. Right? Yeah. But yeah. if the Chiefs win this game, we're probably thinking there's a 100% chance they're going to win the division. They lose this game. What percent chance would you give the Raiders of somehow figuring out a way to win this division?
1: Um, it's very little. Still zero? Yeah, it's, it's very little. <laughs> it's, it's like at 5%. Okay, but yeah. that's probably more than we thought a day ago. They match up good with the Chiefs. There is some areas that they really match up well with. I mean, we kind of mentioned they can run the ball. They can take shots down the field. And when they don't play stupid defenses and play conservative, you can see they can cover. I mean, Abrams, Mullen, you know, um, the other kid they got, uh, 21. I'm going to blank on his name. This rookie from uh, La Tech. Oh, he's a rookie. He doesn't get his name. Amik Robertson. Yep. There he goes. He did a really good job in the football game. Um, but, but all in all, I think I was just more impressed with the, the, the game plan and everything like that. And you're right. I wrote at the end, fourth and five, last drive, only blitz in two and a half quarters. So there it was. Yeah, there it was. There it was. Um,
0: okay, so Raiders get the victory. You had a lot of positive things to say about the Raiders. Still think the Chiefs are going to be okay. Raiders, too, have had a tough schedule up to this point. Definitely. For them to be, what, three and two
1: now after yeah. that, uh, that run? Pretty good. Well, what's crazy the with the last thing I'll say is yeah. just the, what the crazy about Kansas City is they're four and one. They've had a tough schedule too. Yeah. Uh, maybe not as tough as the Raiders, but I don't think like I don't think Kansas. I don't. I'm not sure. Is it's Kansas, Kansas City's played one good game this year? Well, they played one good game, they played Baltimore. That was the best Kansas City Chiefs team mm. we saw. All the other ones were kind of like, eh, eh. I've seen better. Right. But they still win, and that's what's scary about the Chiefs is they we we could be sitting here in week ten going. They really haven't played that good, but they're nine and one. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's just the way they are. They're amazing yeah. that way.
0: And then get better and then go into the playoffs. Yeah, and then the right. And then you're line. like, oh crap, we can't stop them. It's over. All right, Raiders get the win uh, here. Time for the victory lap before we go into our deep dive number two, <sighs> which is gonna be Browns and Colts a little bit later on. So this is where you get to get to run around. And we've done, oh, we have a victory lap song for Whoa. the first time ever. It
1: smells like Victory. Victory is mine!
0: I like it. Oh, that was
1: good. I like
0: it. Was that you that did that? Wow. EJ. 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 Well done, EJ.
1: Yes, EJ's good. uh, That's very good. Quite good there. Creative with his witchcraft.
0: Uh, okay, so victory lap, this is where Chris gets to uh, bask in the glow of being correct. Because you are correct a lot of times. People only remember the times that you're oh, wrong. Oh, of course. i like to remind you of that. Yep. But you've... You've been correct. We'll get to the wide receiver. How could I be wrong talking about football for four (laughs) hours a day? I mean, when would I ever be wrong in there? We'll start with the guy that you named as the best backup quarterback in all of football. And, you know, unfortunately, he's had to be thrust into the starting lineup here with the injury to Dak Prescott, who once everyone saw that injury, it was just like, man, this sucks. You know, for that one moment, you're like, man, football sucks. Um, so, best to Dak, got the surgery. Hopefully it doesn't affect anything long-term in his career. Um, but now the reality is Andy Dalton is there. The Cowboys signed him for, uh, for just this type of situation. That's you right. Know. You never know in the game of football. He was 9 of 11, 111 yards, uh, did have a fumble of a snap. Um, so, there were some rough moments there sure. for, for Andy Dalton. But the Cowboys are probably still in an okay position to win the division because Andy Dalton's there, and you said that he
1: he was uh, the best backup in football. I, I mean, I, I, I think he is, you know. I mean, listen, he's not chopped liver, as I said last night on in Football Night in America. He didn't go to the playoffs five years in a row just, like, because the Bengals carried him there. I know he wasn't, like, lighting the world on fire like Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or anything like that, but the skill set is still, like, there's nothing he can't do on a football field. And it's not like you're going to go, Oh, there goes the deep passing game. We can't do that. Not with not with Andy Dalton. No. Is he as good as Dak Prescott throwing the ball down the field? No. Is he as good as Dak Prescott throwing the ball with people around him in the pocket? No. And he's not as good at running and extending plays that way either. But he's still good enough. And they have enough talent on that offense to where I don't think they're going to have to change a whole lot with what they do. And you're right. He did a good job. And also just – You know, Michael Gallup makes two great catches at the end. It's still still a great job by Andy Dalton to just recognize, hey, there's a matchup. My guy's pretty damn good. Let me just throw it in the vicinity, see if he goes and makes a play. He does. That's why they got all these damn receivers. So, it's a shame for Dak Prescott. I really feel for the guy. I really do. Um, Yeah. I can't imagine. I really can't. And, you know, you're just in a, a big year of his career we don't know how serious. We know the, the injury is serious. I just hope it's not any more serious than what we well, think. Yeah, ligaments and, down there. Yeah, open, right. That's that's that the question, right. That's Are what I worry about. That's what I worry about. Same guy.
0: Yep. Because it's not like he is, you know, mobile, mobile. But he certainly uses his legs
1: and uses his
0: power. That's a very a big powerful thing. quarterback.
1: Exactly. Well, that's what got him hurt. It's the power, right? He's got a DB on him, all right, and he's so fucking big and strong that most quarterbacks will just crumble and go down and be like, "Oh, I give up." Right? Yeah. He's kind of like, I think I can throw you off me and keep running. And, you know, and then that gets me into the field turf, and I hate that shit. I'm sick of field turf in the NFL. Yeah,
0: I heard you talking about that. Yeah, I'm mic. sick of
1: it. I'm just sick of it. Like, we talk about player safety and all that bullshit, and they have all this information that says field turf's more dangerous. It's more dangerous. 30% more injuries, and it's like something like above 60% when it gets to the knee and ankles conversation as compared to grass. So I, the, all the money wasted. There's Dallas. They paid 31 million dollars for a quarterback. They're going to get four games out of, you know, I, and and you know just all the injuries that go on in the league because of field turf and everything like that. I just wish it would go by the wayside. But nonetheless, Dallas once again shows the resilience. They came back, come involved. back, win that game. Give the um, Giants a lot of pretty credit. Pretty damn but good. Let's show the. Uh, we've got the next gen dots. I'm
0: a big fan of the dots. And I if know you're you watching like these on dots. YouTube, here you oh. go. We got the dots here. This is Michael Gallup. One-on-one, which on this podcast, it was probably last week or maybe two weeks ago, I said my favorite Dallas Cowboy receiver is Michael Gallup, victory lap Ahmed.
1: Um, but he made some nice plays. He's just a good receiver. I like him a lot. He's a, oh, he's a really good receiver. He's a guy that probably won't be on their team next year and is going to get paid big money by somebody to go and be like a really awesome number two for a team or a guy that can take the top off of the defense. I mean, they're they're really in the problem of, like, there's just not enough balls to go around with their damn receivers. Yeah. I mean, that's really all it is. So, we'll see where it goes. The defense was a little bit better yesterday. I don't know if it was really better because the Giants' offense isn't good. So, we'll see where that goes, too. I need to watch that film a little bit. So, that's the thing I thought when I saw
0: Dak go down. I was like, you know, that sucks for Dallas. But the question for the Cowboys was always going to be, can that defense step up, right. right, with or without Dak? If that defense doesn't step up, they're not going anywhere. No. They're, even if they make the playoffs, they're not going yeah, far in the right, playoffs. Yeah,
1: right, right, exactly so right.
0: It it's always going to be about the defense for this team, and it still is.
1: Yeah, it is. And I don't know if any you know, any questions were really answered yesterday yeah. by what we saw. Um, I, I don't. I mean, you know, listen, they didn't let up as many big plays. I guess you could take that as a silver lining a little bit. Uh, but, But, yeah, I still have my concerns about that Cowboy D. And watching
0: Joe Judge on the sideline, oh, um, I saw I saw a guy with a mask on, and it came. To, I was like, I don't really know what he looks like. He, it's tough for him to make his debut debut in twenty twenty because I don't really know what he looks like. Yeah, still.
1: yeah, yeah. Well, and I won't until next year. Probably. No, I think he he might have he might have <laughs> pulled his mask off to motherfuck the refs at one time <laughs> when they because they called the fake field goal. Oh, y- and yeah. they weren't set. They weren't uh, set. Yeah. It was a perfect fake. It was. They had a guy that was on the field who lined up outside the numbers, perfectly legal, it was good to go, and the holder didn't let the left tackle get set. Mm -hmm. Snapped the ball. They all got too excited. Oh, we got him, we got him. Set hut! Like, no, just wait a half more second to see if everybody's lined up and ready to
0: go, and that that screwed him too. Pete wants to know, will the Joe Judge era last long enough for us to see his face?
1: I think it will. I don't think – again – if a I, vaccine comes out, we're probably good, right? We I don't think – how, how can you blame Joe Judge for anything right now? No, I,
0: I'm, I'm not. You know, I know. I, I mean, think he was – that well, was let, a good game for the Giants. Yeah. That
1: was their – that was their um, – We'll see, that yes. Was, that was
0: one of their – just, yeah. be, you know, Pete is a Giants fan. Is angry. He's, no, he's, well,
1: he's I'm a Giants fan too, fan too, and I'm fan. angry too. I mean, listen, if I'm looking at anybody right now, it's Dave Gettleman and then just the team itself that I'm bothered by more than anything. Let's give you another victory lap. Okay, I'm still so running.
0: Hold on. You get this weekly on this player – DK Metcalf <laughs> as the Seahawks beat the Vikings I'm laughed out what I'm going to nominate as the game of the year so far now I don't have as good a memory as you <laughs> so I only remember games from this week right um, but well, Patriot Seahawks might have been game of the year Oh, that was a good one. seahawks Cowboys could have been the game of the year. They have a bunch of them, don't they, the <laughs> They do, yeah. Well, it was such a good game, just because right. it looked like Minnesota in the first I was like, oh, wow, Minnesota's just going to dominate here. Yeah. And then the Seahawks come back, and you're like, wow, Kirk Cousins just blew it. But then Kirk comes back, and he redeems himself. And then uh, it was just, what a great game. Great uh, game. We're giving you the victory lap on DK Metcalf once again. This is Adam Alberti says, I just think you should take another couple victory laps on DK and chase Claypool who we'll get to uh, in a second here. Diogo Mendez also said that with DK and Chase Claypool. Um, so Thank you guys, so DK, uh, you can throw it up to him. He can make an adjustment on the ball as he did on that last that drive down, right? Yeah, and then he can catch one inches from the ground um, like he did on the game winning touchdown.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, they're just they're, they're amazing to watch Seattle, right? I mean, he just you know, you're going to get a good game when you watch Seattle Seahawks. That's just the one thing you turn on the game, you're going to see competition. And it's going to be, you know, nail-biting with big plays. And, that, and that's what it always is. You know, really nothing's changed from what I thought about with Seattle. You know, I really don't. It's the same thing every week, Ahmed. You know, it's, it's, yeah, our defense is not good, but we'll make two or three plays to help us win the game and then kind of look like crap the rest of the game. That's really what they did. You know, I think if there's a silver lining for their defense in general, you could say, all right, the way they got dominated early – and the fact that they held them to two field goals to where it was two out of the three times it was just field goals and it was 13-0 instead of maybe, you know, 17-0 or, or even 21-0, right? Mm-hmm. That gave them a fighting chance to hang around the game and do that. A lot like the Bucks and, and uh, Bears last Thursday night, same type of thing, where the Bucks settled for two field goals and you go, oh, they, they let the Bears hang around. That's kind of what happened. When you don't put your th- foot on the throat of a team like, Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson and stuff, yeah, you dominated the game, but you're only up 13 points. That's just not enough. Yeah, 13-7, we're back in a game. Mm-hmm. That's, all, that's all there is to it. And, yeah, Russell Wilson, what they do, uh, amazing. It really is. Am I worried about that Seattle defense? Of course. But like I said on Football Night in America last night, they're not going to get past 20 in football. They just, it would be cool if they could be, like, around 20 instead of dead last. Yeah. Um, but I think this is, again, something we'll continue to see. And come on. No third-down conversions and you win a game? That's insane. And fourth-down conversions, two of them a on the final drive. To win the game. And, <laughs> yeah. like, couldn't be any harder. I mean, just even yeah. that throw at the end. You know, that, you know, everybody talks about the Metcalf catch. That was a damn good throw, too. Russell had somebody in his face. Yes. He had to throw the ball before he wanted to. And he had to put it in, the sp- in that spot. That, that, to me, was uh, just, just amazing. Amazing. And then, of course, the Vikings blowing it. What By not f- converting on the, the fourth, fourth and down. one. Yeah, right. I was
0: going to ask you about that. So fourth and one from the six. Tough you one. You can get one yard. Game is over. Yeah. You, know, you just got to pick it up. Game is over. I don't blame them for going for it. I there. don't either. Because um, if you kick it, what, it's a six or eight point, uh, eight point game. So, you, I mean, that is a pretty safe lead, too. But also, if you get one yard, half a yard, you you win the game. And they had, the one thing I will say is earlier in the quarter, it was a third and one, I think. Right. The quarterback snuck it. Yeah. The offensive line just blew a few, past that.
1: Yeah, they had a few third and fourth fourth I down conversions. If they could have
0: just quarterback sneak again and and picked it up instead of handing it off three yards in the backfield. Uh, That's the
1: complaint I have. I, I know. Think. I I understand that too. I always err on that. Like if it's close, let's just quarterback sneak it. Just smash it in there. I mean, the play was there. It was there. They had run the ball at will on the team all night. Yeah. It's hard to fault Mike Zimmer. I am one that usually errs on, no, make the team go down and score a touchdown Mm -hmm. and get a two-point conversion. they got to score two touchdowns to tie the game. Yeah. But I also understand him going, wait, we're this close. We've moved the ball all night. And there's the thought of, well, Russell Wilson and what he can do. That scares me, too. So I'm not going to fault Mike Zimmer for what he did there. It was there to be had. Uh, They blew that opportunity. And really, you know, I've never seen a game change more than when one guy got hurt. I mean, when Dalvin Cook got hurt, uh, they yeah. punt the ball, Seattle scores. One-handed interception, K.J. Wright, Seattle scores. Kirk Cousins' strip sack fumble, Seattle scores. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, whoa, what the, what the hell happened here? Uh, it was just amazing how quickly it all swung back in the favor of uh, Seattle.
0: Yeah, here is the. Uh, we have the win probability chart, and so this was what it was throughout the game. It's the roller coaster. You're like, oh, Vikings are good. Mike Florio celebrating. He's having another shot of whiskey, but now he's having a bunch of shots because Seattle just took a significant lead. Oh, and now my, they're back. That's amazing. Whoa. And now it's back down again.
1: Whoa. Look at that. That is. It's like a heartbeat. That's about as rigid as I've ever seen one. Really.
0: Although I feel like our, our percentages are going to be changing next year because I feel like multiple teams have come back.
1: Yeah, with these with type a, of numbers, right? a 2% right? chance
0: to yeah. win. I feel like these numbers are going to be changing next year. But uh, crazy game. You're going to do a deep dive on that Wednesday yep. in the pod. Uh, take a closer look at exactly what happened. Uh, we're going to take a closer look now at another wide receiver you were right on, Chase Claypool, who scored four touchdowns and then Kristen, do we have? Yeah, he tweeted. I love that. He's holding up the four, but that's actually not him. That's Tom Brady holding up the four fingers. They just put Chase's head on there. I like it. And Chase tweeted that.
1: I know. He's, he's creative. openly trolling Tom Brady. Yeah. I don't uh, think for, he's deliberately doing it. What but, do you mean? Well, really, he tweeted it. I guess I, I guess he is. I don't, is he, I don't think he's trolling Brady, but it's just a good meme on the <laughs> thing, and it yeah. fit well with his four touchdowns. Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty cool though. Big so, day for the big guy.
0: So he had four touchdowns, could have had a fifth. Although if he doesn't, if he scores that one, he probably doesn't get
1: the last one. Yeah, so. maybe. Which would that long one though? That was BS. I mean, that, the one that, that the should not back. have been a pass The guy tripped finish. over his own feet. Yes. See, there was too many times, just while I we're on the subject, real quick, yesterday and during games, where I went, the refs are being told to only throw the flags on clear and obvious. They threw flags on too many things. They they think they saw out of the corner of their eye yesterday. Saw that too much. I mean, they showed that replay. Big Ben, he was like, are you kidding me? The guy tripped over his own feet. I mean, yeah. that, was, that was bull crap. So
0: I was glad to see that
1: later in the game
0: he got that touchdown uh, back. He deserved it. First stealer with a four-touchdown game since Roy Jefferson in 1968. So it's been a while. And you were high on Chase Claypool. This is what you said uh, pre-draft. You had T. Higgins, number five. Yeah. But you said it was a close call between him, Jerry Judy, and Chase Claypool, and we're showing your tweet. You said, damn, don't be shocked if Chase Claypool becomes DK Metcalf or Vincent Jackson. Uh, this was in April of this year. And so you've always been high on him because you thought he was big, you thought he was strong, and you've kind of become the wide receiver guru here. You're known as the quarterback guy, but you're kind of I've had slowly pretty good becoming, with the receivers, yeah, right? DK, yeah, DK, Chase, and Lamar, who a lot of people thought should be a wide receiver. He's been good <laughs> in the NFL. Thanks. So I was like, you can become like
1: the wide receiver guru yeah, I have you my have eyes for oh I've, I've yeah I've seen him I've thrown to him you know and Claypool yeah, that helps yeah, yeah it does It helps and Claypool you know again I, I really look at it in a lot of ways and go "Oh, you chicken you should have made him a top five in your thing but yeah he was raw and he ran a limited route tree at Notre Dame and I just thought well it might take a few years before he really kind of gets ready for pro football life yeah. I wasn't sure if he would be able to do it this year he obviously is and I think honestly he kind of fell into it. What he told Florio yesterday is he, the game plan was not for him. Deontay Johnson got hurt. Yeah, exactly. He kind of took over for, for that, you know, aspect of the game. And, you know, he is, he's really DK part two. That's really what he is. Seen DK Metcalf in person. He's a physical freak. Chase Claypool is freakier looking in person. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I know. Right? That's wow. Like, they're both freaks. Claypool, I don't know. I haven't really studied Claypool with his shirt off to see if his six-pack's okay, the same. Well we got to get on that. But he is a little bit of a physically bigger person than DK Metcalf. But, um, yeah, good for him, and, and hopefully now that will establish him as kind of the go-to guy in that offense.
0: You have been maybe sleeping on one receiver who was in this game, Mehmet 305's Travis Fulgham. 152 yards and a touchdown is pretty damn okay for a receiver who was claimed off waivers. It's
1: insane what he's doing 13 for the targets,
0: 10 catches. So when, he's become Wentz's go-to
1: guy. And, and can, like, do a little bit of it all. I mean, like, smart, quick, can do, like, the slot stuff, but has enough speed and explosion to, Uh, you know threaten you downfield I mean talk about out of nowhere I mean he's he's killing it right now he is the go-to guy for the for the Philadelphia Eagles especially with no you know Ertz I guess is well Ertz was healthy yesterday I'm thinking of Goddard who's banged up Mm. but I'll be interested to watch that game as well you know it looked like the Steelers were clearly the better football team to me um, but I know, you know, the Eagles made it close there. I think the end.
0: Eagles are still going to be in the,
1: the mix. Yeah, they're not they're going anywhere. Be in the mix. It'll, like last I mean, year, it'll come down to the last week for which team
0: can win that seventh game and c- win the division. Can
1: they get anything out of Deshaun or Alshon Jeffrey? Or, I mean, gosh, I mean, yeah. I mean, are they ever going to play ever again? I mean, it's two years in a row. It's just like, are they on the team or what? Shout out Old Dominion, too, for Fulgham. He went to ODU, played for
0: Bobby Wilder there. I covered that program. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. That was a good guy, Bobby Wilder. He's not there anymore, but. Old Dominion's what, like, navy blue and white? Is that their colors? Yeah. 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 They just started their football program like a decade ago. Right. And they've been pretty good. Yeah. Um, Okay, so we've got one more. We're going to take a victory lap. Oh, another one. I'm like pre-Fontaine to that. We're going to have to bring you immediately back to Earth. Uh, Patrick Queen. You were high on Patrick Queen. Ravens linebacker out of LSU. Ravens uh, crushed the Bengals 27-3. Uh, crushed his former teammate in oh. burrow did Patrick Queen with a sack, strip sack, nine tackles, two fumble recoveries. Here's what you said about him. He was your number two linebacker. You said, oh, another twitchy, explosive, physical freak from LSU. It's like they have
1: a tree there that grows linebackers. It's unreal. And he was good. He is. He's that, that's the kind of player he is. You know, he's not perfect yet. There's times where – you know, he'll overrun a play or overrun his gap because he's young and he's so fast and explosive. He can just be out of control that way. But he's he's made, uh, to me, he has made their defense look different. To me, that's where they're better than last year for sure. I know they got Calais Campbell and things, but they really had no presence at the second level of their defense last year. Really slow linebackers. And now you got a guy that's arguably one of the fastest linebackers in the game. So – yeah you see he can make plays. I felt bad for Joe burrow again yesterday I mean holy crap Ola did he get the crap kicked out of him you know really had no chance and you know that Baltimore team when they have a beat on your offense and your blitz pickups they're 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 like unstoppable that way because they they're not afraid to take chances and go well, our guys will cover your guys one on one we'll take a chance and you know, they can also start to expose the protection schemes. And I think a little of that happened yesterday. I, 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 that's another one I want to break down here before Wednesday's pod. Ravens defense is forced to turn over for an 18th straight game now. So they are active in getting
0: the ball from the other, other team. Uh, longest active streak in the NFL. Uh, and Queen, um, oh, I had something to say on Queen and now I lost you it. You lost it? Well, think
1: about it. Come on. Dang Queen, what was it? Queen yeah, the big LSU. Queen LSU had the big touchdown you know return. What it is? I haven't had enough of my energy drink. Oh, yeah, yeah, blame it on me. But the this energy. is
0: what I, Oh, no, this is what I'll say.
1: Yeah. It's
0: good that the Ravens fans have Queen. Right. Because I do think this kind of a season for the <clears> Ravens <throat> is the worst for a fan.
1: What do you mean? Why?
0: <laughs> because it's all about the postseason. Oh. It's like you have a regular season where it seems like n- nothing matters. You know what I mean? It's just like, okay, you beat the Bengals 27-3, de doo I mean, it's fun to watch your team play. Don't get me wrong. Trust me, as a Lions fan who you're struggled saying, through bad years, right? It's, it's a rough regular season for a team that's expected to do well, but it all comes down to how you do in the
1: postseason. Yeah, you're right. They are, you're right. It's kind of a foregone conclusion. We all yeah. think they're going to be in the playoffs. We all think they're one of the best teams in football. Can they kind of peak it the right way at yeah. the end of the year to really take advantage of it in the playoffs? You're right, that's what they are all about. I don't know, but it's kind of fun to watch it happen. With within they're the, a fun team to watch. The they process, really are. yeah. I'm it, just saying,
0: I relate. If you're a Ravens fan that has is having a hard time enjoying, I, I can I can relate, right? Because right? it's like, oh well, know,
1: we were supposed to beat them and dominate it's them. It's like, oh, we
0: played the Chiefs again. Oh, look, it happened again. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. every win you have against a team you should beat. it's like, yeah, can we do it in the playoffs against a good team? I hope they can this year because I think they're a fun team and I like John Harbaugh. Yeah,
1: I would Uh, bet. I would bet with them rather than against them. I would.
0: Okay, I'm going to bet against you here. Thank you. Self scout thyself. Uh, We got two for self scout thyself before we get into our second deep dive of Browns and Colts. First one is 49ers as a contender. Now everyone picked the 49ers as a contender this year. Although we've seen this before. Definitely. Team in the Super Bowl next year. It's hard to Get your guys motivated to get back there, especially a game that you thought you should have won or had won late into the fourth quarter. They get routed by the Dolphins, 43-17. to 17. And maybe it's Kyle that has to self-scout thyself because Steve Merez too, says, Chris, for the love of God, man, tell Kyle to switch back to the Red Truckers hack- hat, please. I will. So, it's his wardrobe. Yeah. Screwing
1: him I'll, get, I'll get on him. I will. I mean, what, why would you mess up a good thing like that? Exactly. You, you don't know? change anything. What an idiot he is. Underwear. I can't believe it. What happened in this game? How uh, did this happen? Well, I, I think the, the biggest shock to me is the 49ers defense. I mean, from get-go, it was like Miami had their way and whatever they wanted to do. And Miami did something that I thought, you know, you've heard me say before. And especially when the when this Seattle scheme doesn't have good corners, like the place to attack is outside. It ends up being like one on ones outside a lot. I felt like they took advantage of that they were not gonna like, oh, you got backup corners in that we never heard of or anything. We're not just gonna like oh keep throwing it over the middle and let them off you know get out of jail free cards. Yeah. They attacked the guys that they were supposed to attack. That to me is Brian Flores and Shan Gailey. That's like old school stuff. They would just go, why don't we just play a little like our guys better than that guy and just make it that simple but just everything I mean even the way they ran the football uh, I think that was shocking to me you know I just never thought that 49ers defense would get dominated in that type of fashion I guess that that was probably the biggest surprise I know Jimmy G didn't play well that was surprising too Mm -hmm. but I don't know if it was just shocking to me especially after I don't know the third pass play of the day me and coach Dungey looked at each other and went I don't think he's healthy. I don't think he's normal. The ball came out of his hand, weak and, you know, uh, wobbly all, all day long. And I never saw a moment where I went, ooh, okay, there he is. That, that's our Jimmy G. You know, and I think that showed. He was unable to kind of shuffle in the pocket, and some of the throws and the interceptions he had, they were a direct correlation of a guy that can't push off with his back leg and drive through the football. So he's trying to find a way and he's doing it all arm and whatever else. And that's right. why you saw some of those interceptions just flutter up in the air. So a lot of stories out of that game, right? Did, did Kyle push Jimmy
0: to play? When right. He's not 100% healthy because mm-hmm. this is a crucial game to win because you got a super tough schedule after this. I know. Um, did Jimmy say he was fine and then just did he re-aggravate it in the game? Right. As a possibility. Right. But having said that, even with a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo, they're not putting up 44 points against the Dolphins. You know what I mean? No, so it really is about what they gave up defensively.
1: Yes, uh, it is. I, I just I would not expect it. I know there's no Nick Bosa, but uh, it's still a good enough players out there and a defensive coach in Salah that I, I'm just surprised a Dolphins offense that's certainly not looked at as being one of the best offenses of football just consistently shredded them all day long. I mean, yeah. really. All day long, let alone, yeah, they got gave up a few field goals just because of the turnovers with Garoppolo and things. One more
0: self-scout thyself. Yep. And this one has to do with you yeah. and your appearance on Football Night in America. This tweet coming Woo! from Gottlieb, clean fade at Chris Sims. Yeah, buddy. If you're listening and not watching on YouTube, Chris got a haircut. And it's a, it's a tight fade. It but is That's what tight. you normally do. I don't feel like it's any tighter no, than normal. No, yeah, right? I keep
1: it tight. Yep. I, you know, about every 14, 17 days, I try to go get a haircut. I mean, if you're going to have this haircut, you can't let it go long. So, right. And I kind of like the way it looks. It's clean cut. It's easy to manage. When you're waking up early in the morning and you kind of just, you know, it's wet in the shower and throw it over with fingers or, yeah. you know, just throw a comb through it and you're good, that's, that's not bad.
0: I, uh, you know, it's a good hairstyle for you. I've thought because I – the hairstyle now, it's like I've had this hairstyle for probably fifteen years now. Right. I just flip it up in the front and yep. kinda of keep it short around everywhere else. Like right. a helmet
1: almost. Right.
0: Yeah, you see the kids now, they're growing it out, right? And it's all kinda of like messy yes. around. You got bangs that are messy and you yes. got things like that. Yeah. It's... Could we pull that off? Can I you know
1: I can't. You can. You're close there already. You're getting close. Okay. But you're right. My little boy, he's 10. I can't stand his fucking hair right now. He's got that whole thing going because he's seen a few guys on TikTok. Exa- like, it's exactly. Right? It's and he's like, he thinks it looks cool. And I'm like, okay, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it looks that cool. Sorry, son. I don't know. Cut mm-hmm. your fucking hair. Mm-hmm. Um, since, we're, <laughs> since we're on the hair
0: topic right here, this flows perfect. This is called a segue right here. This is a perfect segue. We're going to go right into uh, head and shoulders that we do from time to time. It is a time to take it up to 100, presented by Head & Shoulders, which if I do decide to grow my hair out and have a midlife crisis and try to look like the teenagers out there, I'm going to use Head & Shoulders. Um, so who took it up to 100? Let's talk about the, the Panthers, yeah. and specifically Robbie Anderson, who took it past 100, 112 yards on 13 targets, eight receptions for a Panthers team that's 3-0, since
1: Christian McCaffrey went down. It's crazy. It, it is crazy. It just is another example of it's a team sport. No one guy makes a football team. Don't care who it is. All right? And as that, I mean, you're right. Robbie Anderson, you know, talk about taking it up to 100. I hope everybody's 100% noticing how talented he is as a football player now. Yeah, He's kind of been in obscurity with the New York Jets the last few years. But Anderson, you know, the big thing is it starts with his just straight speed. He can fly. You know, is it Tyreek Hillfast? No, but he is—he can run by just about any DB in football. And then, you know, has a similar skill set. And again, I'm not trying to say he's this guy, but re- always has reminded me a little bit of Marvin Harrison, right? Where that skinny, slight frame can beat you deep, but is a good route runner, can do all those things in the middle of the field, out of the slot, whatever it is that way. And then I'll tell you else where it went to 100 is our man Matt Rule, the coach. Mm. Him for having the vision, one, he coached Robbie Anderson in college at Temple, all right? So he didn't get worried about some of the -the off-the-field problems about Robbie Anderson. Teddy Bridgewater had a relationship with Robbie Anderson. The head coach realized it, and he went, wait, this kid's got talent. He can fit in our offense, let alone there's a little, you know, chemistry between him and our quarterback. And I know what he's all about because I coached him. To me, I mean that's Matt Rule has been phenomenal. So yeah, coach the, of the year so far. Coach of the year yeah. so far. Teddy Bridgewater, Robbie Anderson, what they're doing, they're talented there. D.J. Moore is really damn good too, but they definitely took it 100. Robbie Anderson didn't sign until April
0: 1st. That was a couple weeks after free agency opened up, uh, and now he's third in the NFL behind DeAndre Hopkins and D.K. Metcalf with 489 yards receiving. And we should mention the Falcons fire their coach and their GM.
1: Yes. Too. Well, a
0: side note to this game, they're looking for new guys at the top of the organization.
1: Uh, well, I mean, I'm not, are you hearing something weird in your ear? No. No? Okay. You are. I am. I don't know what okay. I'm hearing. But right. either way, yes, yeah. just getting back to that whole Dan Quinn and um, yeah, I got crazy stuff going on in my ear. Hold this, on a second. Is, this is thron- like once I started
0: talking about the Falcons, it stuff started to get
1: dysfunctional, dysfunctional. here on set. Falcons, we knew this was going to happen, right? We knew it was going to happen. Did we know it was going to happen this week or whatever? No, we didn't. But, I mean, this was inevitable at this point. I mean, sorry. That's just the way it is. Rip the Band-Aid off. Mm -hmm. Start the coaching search. Start building, really. And I'm just going to be excited to see where this goes for the Atlanta Falcons. The team was poorly orchestrated the last few years. You've heard me say it. It's way too top-heavy. They get two or yeah. three injuries, the team totally falls apart. And they're in a bad cap situation for next year. I know, yeah. right. And, like, you want to go, like, why? You want to go, who, who's on the team that's the salary? Who's, yeah. who's the defensive star that's got us in a salary cap issue? Who's the offensive line that's got a salary salary issue? Yeah, it's Matt mean, Ryan, Julio Jones. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, I mean, and, you know, Grady Jarrett are making up, like, 60% of the the damn salary cap. And Grady Jarrett would be the only one that I would say is truly getting – they're getting their worth out of right now. You know, so I don't know where this goes. Um, I've been saying the Falcons should be putting Julio Jones on the trade market. Now, they has got a tough contract, too. It, it's – it's going to be tough to trade him. It's a lot of dead money and things like that, too. So I got to like deep dive into that a little bit there. But um, Jake d- Matthews, Dante Fowler
0: Jr. also making some money.
1: Yeah, okay. Right, Atlanta right. Atlanta. And you know, I mean, this was always going to be the end of
0: the window, right? And so I guess they're just saying, hey, this is the end of an era. Matt Ryan, end of career, basically. Julio Jones, who knows yep. how much more he has. It's just like, it's, it's a new era. Let's just clean slate, rip the band aid off, and.
1: Yeah, I think so. They had a lot of success. They did. They did. I think they they went a few too many years. No, you're right. You're right. You're exactly right. They went a few too many years in the shelf life of this team, thinking like, oh, we might be able to extend the life of this team. A little bit like Seattle did, you know, at the end of the Legion of Boom, where you're just like, well, we want to hang on for one more year and be like, no, it's over. I know you got lots of great memories, but it's over. And it's over in Atlanta, and now they can move on. And if you're Atlanta next year, you're looking at the NFL draft,
0: are you taking a quarterback? Are you saying, you know what? We got rid of our GM, our head coach. You know, Matt Ryan, it's been a great career. Maybe a Hall of Fame career yeah, for him. Yeah, it
1: is. It's going to be borderline Hall of Fame career for but him. But it's
0: time for a new, a new quarterback, a new, a new era.
1: Well, I, I mean, again, I don't think that's a crazy thought. Matt Ryan's still really good, still has a lot of good years left in him. That'll be something for that next regime to figure out where they want to go. Yeah. You know, they might want to do a Carolina Panthers. like. Let's start fresh. Get our guys in here. Build our own culture. Not have a you know what happens with guys like Matt Ryan or like Cam Newton sometimes when a new coach comes in, yeah, you know, like they want to instill their old culture. But when you have like this old mainstay at quarterback who's the franchise. You try to placate him as much as you, you can. do. And then it brings back in the old coach culture into it a little bit, right? Yeah. And that's where it doesn't always work and mesh the right way. So we'll see where it goes. Matt Ryan's still really damn good though. I'm not trying to, you know, take anything away from that. All right, we took that way past 100 at that time. Uh,
0: That is Take It Up to 100, presented by Head & Shoulders, which is available at Walmart. So if I start growing out my hair, I'm going to use Head & Shoulders. Good. As always. Do it. Uh, Film Deep Dive number two. All right, let's do it. We've put it off long enough. Here was the voting. And this is always chosen by the homies. Deep Dive number two, always chosen by you guys out there. And it was Brown's Twitter, 31%. Voting for the deep dive of this game. Just edging out, what was it? Dolphins 49ers, which is what I'll...
1: Oh, we know what you
0: wanted. Matt Casey, our other producer, very down on that game. But I wanted to see what you thought about it. We did see that, but you didn't look at the film. Maybe you will Wednesday. Um, So Colts and Browns, let's start here, Chris. Yeah. With Browns O, Is your ear thing still...
1: No, it's still static. I don't know what it is. Do you want to take a timeout? No, Uh, I don't care. Let's go. I'm just going to... Pete or Kristen, if you try to talk to me, I can't hear you. Okay. Keep this in the pod because this, this peels back the curtain here. This shows how, how
0: difficult it is. People are like, you just talk sports for a living. That's really easy. Yeah. And if you have an injury, this is our version of an injury. Here. <laughs> yeah. And you're playing through it
1: right <laughs> no, I'm now. I'm playing through it. I'm so playing tough. Uh,
0: let's start with Brown's offense here because it was dynamic. We've seen this offense be dynamic, yeah. Chris, up to this point. They can run the ball. They've had 300-yard rushing game. We've seen Baker Mayfield, play action, rollout, bootleg successfully. Kevin Stefanski seems to be doing that. And we've seen him unleash Odell Beckham last game. This game, it seemed like it was a little bit of everything, yeah, right? Yeah, I think that's a good way to say against it. Against what, on paper, was the best defense in the NFL.
1: It's a really good damn defense. I mean, it, it really is. I, I don't really come away from the game feeling any different about the Coles' defense. I just think it's still really good. I think what I came away going is that I, I officially go, no, the Browns, oh, is good. They got something here. And I think they're believing what Stefanski is selling and just a style of football, complementary football, right? I mean, we've talked about the Seahawks. Yeah, it's, it's hair on fire on defense, it's hair on fire on offense. It works together, it works the right way. Um, but with, like, with, with, with the Browns, you know, first off, I would say the Browns, they won this game because their offense dominated the first half and their defense dominated the second half. That would be the big thing I would say. And really early on, I just thought they did a great job of not letting the Colts' defense ruin the game, which is what it has done to every team to this point, where big sacks, strip sacks, pick sixes, all those type of things to where – a lot of teams have gotten to play the Colts, and they look up at the scoreboard, it's early on, and they're like, oh, damn, we're down 13-3 already. We're down 10-0. And that plays into the Colts' favor because now it's, we can unleash our pass rush, and you can't stop it. It's a really damn good pass rush they have. It's, it is arguably the best defensive line in football. And I think Stefanski really deserves a lot of credit for this game and what he did because he managed the game. He never let that Colts D-line get off, Ahmed, from the get-go. It was fake reverse, tight end screens, bootlegs. I mean, anything you would do, this would be the manual, too. How do you stop uh, an over-aggressive, talented, fast defensive line? You, you know, dangle a little something over here and go over here. And that's what they did. So they took them out of that, like, early on to where they never got a chance to just be like, we're putting our hand in the ground. We're going after Baker Mayfield. The game started off with them going, whoa, whoa, wait, this way, that way, this way, that way. Wait, when are we actually going to get to go straight forward and go after Baker Mayfield? So between that, him being incredibly patient with the run game, a lot like we just talked about with Gruden in the second half, the Browns were like that in the first half. They were going to run the ball. They were going to try to pound that defensive line a little bit. And they played mistake-free football. I mean, that's to me – the big thing they did, and within that, that's, of course, what got them that, you know, 20 to 10 cushion mm-hmm. going into halftime was really just playing smart football, Stefanski managing Baker Mayfield, who we know can do some dumb things every now and then. He never even gave them that opportunity to do something dumb in the first half. Never gave it to him. And I think, to me, that was the big thing. So they go into halftime with we've controlled the ball, we've scored some points and we didn't let their defense mess the game up, and we've never really let their offense kind of get in a rhythm, and that was all done through the offense in the first half. Now, in the second half, that changed around a lot. Uh, Cleveland sports news, though. Yeah.
0: yeah. These Cleveland Browns fans have been rough on you this yeah. past week. Yeah. Um, he goes, Chris finally shows the Browns some love this week, so they, he did acknowledge that, and then he goes, then picks the Colts to win convincingly. Didn't think they were ready. Bad matchup. Best defense in football. How's that for a best bet? In your defense, you were 2-1 and one on your best bets, but this one uh, was the one that you got wrong as we continue to scout thyself yeah. uh, to you. Yep. Um, but it's because the Browns did stuff like that and, and um, surprised you against a, a Colts defense that had been pretty good. And Baker Mayfield, from what I saw, and tell me if I'm wrong yeah. here. yeah. He's, he seems to be doing a good job of feeling where the pressure is. Definitely. He, uh, like a lot better than most quarterbacks, right? Feeling the pressure, stepping up in the pocket, or scrambling outside the
1: pocket. He was great at it. That was one of the big things from the first half is they just – there was no negative plays. You know, between the patience of Stefanski running and the no negative plays, that's where the Colts D has killed people. I mean, that was that was something. And, yes, he's done a great job of, oh, okay, pressure – where in the past, he might have gone, oh, there's pressure, and he might throw some stupid ball down the middle of the field or try to make a play happen, or he just he throws it away. Or he tries to go scramble and get a yard or two, whatever that is. But, you know, that that to me was the big aspect of the game. Now, he wasn't great in the second half. We some know interceptions. that. Interceptions. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the interceptions as far as um, the one down the middle to uh, – I'm blanking on the name. Was that Anthony Walker, I think, that time? I mean – that was really stupid. Mm. I, I don't know what he was looking at or what, but the, the point was there. That was the first mistake of the game, and they had already built up enough of a cushion to where it didn't kill them. Mm-hmm. But the point, too, there that, that is, is, see, and this is where Stefanski was awesome for the offense, there was very few times during the game where the Colts defense could go, they got to hold the ball here, they got to throw it. It's third and 12, we can finally, they didn't do that. Stefanski was amazing and that's why they went 10 for 17 where they were in third and manageable all the time. They got in so many downs where it's third and four. Ooh, they could run. They could throw the screen. They could throw a short, quick pass. So the defense is really fucked when you're in that aspect. Sorry for that bad word there. But that is really, uh, to me. you've ever apologized for a bad word. (laughs) That was really, you know, the the big thing uh, to me more than anything as far as what they did there. And last week we saw OBJ, the mainstay, the main part of the offense, Mm -hmm. this week. They used him as a decoy. They did. He threw the reverse pass. He did. He was the guy that they used to get a Jarvis Landry open early in the game. Kind of looked like it was a play for Odell. He's going deep, running double move, and they're so worried about Odell, it's like, oh, shit, well, we forgot about Jarvis Landry. Um, so, really good job by Stefanski is what I'm saying.
0: Spread the ball around, you know, ten targets to Austin Hooper, nine to Odell, nine to Jarvis Landry. So, uh, the story in the first half was that Browns offense, yeah. Kevin Stefanski. Right. What about your story in the second
1: half? Yeah, the, the the defense. I mean, first off, the defense been the pleasant surprise for me for the the Browns. That was the part I really kind of questioned. I did. I mean, secondary, eh? Linebackers a little unproven there. The D line has been kicking ass. That's the first thing I would say. But the defense scored nine points in the in the second half. That was big. Mm-hmm. I mean. That was the difference the difference in the game. Did they or did Phillip Rivers give them seven? Well, he gave them seven. You're right. I mean he did. But they took advantage of it. They got pressure on Rivers. It was a what was that, a second or a third down, either way? Third and four from midfield. Third and four from midfield. Yep. So they got pressure on him and he looked downfield and then moved up in the pocket and just threw blind to the flat. That's stupid. That You're right. Bad. It was it really is. bad. Now if you want to get into the Phillip Rivers conversation, that's a whole conversation about the Colts and w- what were they doing yesterday. I don't understand why they got back into – to me, too early on in the game it became like, we're going to play through Phillip Rivers today. And I, I did, that was one of the things I wrote. I just – I don't understand yeah. that. Yeah.
0: Why? 12 carries all game for Jonathan Taylor. Right.
1: Three for Hines. Right. It just to me, that's the wrong approach. This is not the way – Phillip Rivers is not that kind of quarterback anymore. And with your defense and everything you have in Indianapolis – I mean, we've we've already seen. There's two games he's had to throw the ball, or they opted to throw the ball. They've lost both of them because he made stupid mistakes. The safety was his fault too. It was his fault. He 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 dropped back so far. Miles Garrett never had to turn the corner. He just got to run straight line. If he steps up in the pocket, he's going to hit a 30-yard completion down the left sideline. So that to me, the defense we're going to I'm going to hit more on it in a second, but. That, to me, was also the, a Colts issue, where Frank Reich has to be a little more aware of, I can't put games on Phillip Rivers. This is, he's not that guy anymore. He can still make some handful of splash plays every game, but really at this point of his career, I want him to be a game manager, and then two or three third downs a game, I want him to make a big play. And then other than that, just be conservative. And to me, it was too much entrusted into him in this game from the get-go.
0: They could have signed uh, Cam Newton, too, there in Indianapolis. Remember that? Yeah. He was still out there. Yeah, he was. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And, And you drafted Jonathan Taylor to use Jonathan Taylor. He was used a lot in college. He can probably handle more than 12 carries, uh, uh, in a game, and he, he's, I mean, when he's gotten those opportunities, he's been one of the fastest, most
1: powerful running backs in football. Definitely. I mean, teams have been able to run the ball on Cleveland. You can do that. It's Your best thing on your team as might be your offensive line. I know Costanzo was hurt for the game and not out there, but, but that is where I just, I, I think they dropped the ball there in that aspect of it, not taking advantage of what they have there. Yeah. Um, it's not a real deep defensive line for the Cleveland Browns. So you're letting him off the hook that way. But they were getting pressure. Well, let's you now want to talk about that. Yes, so. I do. Miles Garrett continues to
0: dominate here. He's recorded five plus pressures in four straight games. He's the third player in the next gen era to do this. So we're talking next gen era here, which is how I like to define periods of time in my life since pre-next gen and post-next gen. Um, do you know who the other the other two are? Yeah. All right, so yeah. it's and it's five
1: plus five plus, plus pressures, pressures. Right. four straight games. All right, so I'm going to go with Aaron Donald. Yep. All right, and now the other guy is is still playing. He's, he technically is still in the league. He's in the yes. league, so he, but he's, it's Von Miller? Yes. Okay. You were going to say got, that anyway? Well, I thought of him, but then when I saw you stutter, I was like, <laughs> oh, it's Von Miller. No, but I stutter normally anyway, so that
0: shouldn't have been a tell.
1: Uh, okay, yes, you're
0: right, Aaron Donald and Von Miller,
1: and yeah. now Miles Garrett. Well, it, it, that fits. I mean, they're three of the freakiest guys to play on the defensive side of the football the last years. Miles Garrett is unreal, and that's where the success of the Browns defense really starts is their D-line in Miles Garrett. Just like, we, just like we talked about with the Colts, the Browns, the 49ers last year, the Browns can, can, they can get to the quarterback without ever blitzing. They don't ever need to blitz because between him and all the plays he affects, like he's another one, like fucks up so many more plays than he'll ever get credit for in a stat sheet. The pressures, just the way he makes the quarterback move, all those things, it really does start with that group up front. Him, Sheldon Richardson uh, are unbelievable. And then Olivier Vernon and a few of the other guys have some, you know, points of where they pop every game. But uh, that is the big thing. And to me, here's the other aspect. I do think they're starting to understand the scheme. Joe Woods come from San Francisco. They're starting to realize all the rules that work in the Seattle defense and all those type of things. And... You know, I think it's showing on the field to where not letting up in a ton of big plays and uh, playing pretty damn good football.
0: Um, Yeah, they they have been. So, Miles Garrett. Yeah. Very complimentary
1: of him there. Your early leader for Defensive Player of the Year. I know how much you love Aaron Donald. Yeah. I mean, it's between one of the two. I believe I picked – I mean, I picked Miles Garrett last year to be Defensive Player of the Year. I think I picked him preseason this year as well. I think I did. Mm, that seems like revisionist history. I does not I can't remember. How would you know? I think I I thought you picked Aaron Donald. Maybe. Yeah, maybe I went back to Aaron. He was Donald. the favorite. Well, my, my listen, other than Aaron Donald, if you want to talk about the second best defensive players in football, that conversation Definitely includes Miles Garrett. Mm-hmm. It definitely does. You're laughing because there's probably <laughs> a lot of guys you're going, there's a lot of guys that are second best. Chris has 20 guys competing for second best. For well, between him, I mean, Aaron Donald's one, but between Miles Garrett, um, Chris Jones, mm-hmm. Kansas City, DeForest Buckner so far, what we've seen this year. Yes. Th- those are probably be the three guys I would look at to go. Those are the th- three guys I would put in that you know, other than Aaron Donald list, the next guy's up.
0: Pete has confirmed you picked Aaron Donald. Oh, I picked Joey Bosa. Oh, I don't think you're screwed. Um, Pop quiz. So this is a stat from Florio from 2015 to 2017. The Browns were four and 44. So far this year, they're four and one pop quiz. Who was the head coach the last time the Browns were four and one? Who was their
1: head coach? Oh, um, damn. It's... Okay. <laughs> damn, okay. It's, uh, it's the off... Chizinski? Nope. 1994. Okay, don't tell me yet. Hold on. 1994. Who the hell was the coach of the Browns in 1994? Schottenheimer was Bill Belichick? Bill Belichick. Whoa. Last my dad was Browns almost on that team. We're 4-1. and one. Big Phil was almost on that team. Oh, really? He went there to sign with the Browns. What happened? They were broke. They couldn't pay him. They, all, they said they were going to pay him this much. He got there. And they were like, "All we can do is offer you the minimum. We're broke." Oh wow! Yeah, and Belichick was like, "I had no idea. I'm sorry, Phil. I'm sorry I made you come out here." Yeah. We just found out we have no money. Yeah. Um. We're moving to Baltimore. <laughs> um, uh, they all right. Finished 11 and five that year. So if the Browns finish 11 and five this year, they'll be pretty happy. Two things more on this game okay. before we go. All right. Like I said, I'm I'm shocked by the Colts' pass-first approach. Yep. You know, play a game just to win the game, not to how you want the game to look. But what is the best way to win the game? That's something I learned in New England, and we watch them all the time. They don't care if it's 44 to three or 13 to three. They play whatever is the best formula they think to win the game. That was upsetting to me with the Colts, the fact that they got in that pass game, you know, uh, little little rut there. And um, the Browns, I just was really impressed with how all over they were of some of the Colts concepts, because I think you know Frank Reich is one of the more offensive. Uh, creative guys in, in football but they um, where, where, where what did I want to say oh the, the Browns secondary did not back up they did not respect Phillip Rivers throwing the ball deep down the field and that is something I'm going to continue to watch for too because we know his arm is not big time Yeah, he did hit one shot down the field it was a busted coverage but other than that You know, I felt like Cleveland was like, ah, I don't think you're going to throw a 20-yard out route. I don't think you're going to throw this, you know, 25-yard crossing route. I don't think that's what you want to do. And that's something to watch out as we go forward here. And that
0: makes it really tough. And that can make it tough for the running game, too. And it makes it tough for that that whole football team. So certainly something to watch there. Dear listener, please close your eyes for this movie
1: theater meditation brought to you by Fantango. Breathe in. Smell the fresh popcorn. Now exhale. (sighs)
0: Ah. Open your eyes and proceed to the best seats in the house you reserved on Fandango. Recline. Now, download the free Fandango app for movie times, tickets, and seats at your favorite theaters. Fandango. It's your ticket to the movies. I'm ready to go. Deep dive number two in the books. It's time for Damn Okay.
1: Damn, okay. Damn, I'm okay. Damn, I'm okay. Oh, that's right. I don't yeah, no, I, I mean, yes, yeah, I'm kidding. okay. The legal gambolizing. <laughs> oh, baby. I am Chris Sims. I'm okay. okay, damn, okay. You don't know when the music
0: stops. I don't. I, I have just no idea. Here <laughs> I'm, for- just, I'm,
1: I'm letting you lead the charge here.
0: Uh, we got a damn okay for Alex Smith. Uh, Rams beat Washington 30-10, to another good victory for the Rams. But just getting in this game, playing this game, and carrying Aaron Donald on, like, your second snap in two years on your back,
1: that deserves a damn okay in and of itself. It definitely does. I mean, anytime your leg did what his leg did a few years ago and you get back into playing football in the NFL, damn okay. You deserve to make that list for sure. I mean, that was an awesome story. Uh, I think what touched me even more was just the fact that like his uh, family was there to witness it. I know yes. I could put myself in their shoes a little bit, what that feels like his again. His wife's so nervous. Oh, I mean, I'm sure the whole family was. Yeah, yeah, the wife was probably just beyond belief. But that was cool to see. Good for him. Uh, damn. But also, Jared Goff deserves a damn okay, too. Man, did they – tear it up yesterday. I mean, again, it was McVeigh. Stressing their schemes out, and golf took advantage of every bit of it, just hit every big play available. They were a machine in, in a lot of those drives yesterday. I was reading Pro Football Focus on them. They have run play action, at
0: least heading into that game, 49% of snaps for Jared Goff since they've been tracking it, in like last eight Blows years. Blows anybody away. Blows right? anyone away. Yeah. I think the next highest was 43 right. in one year. And so they're just, it's like almost every pass is play action. There's some motion in it. I was reading on Next Gen. I did a lot of reading here. Yeah. Um, Robert Wood, since 2018, uh, most snaps in motion of any wide receiver out there. Second most receiving yards of a receiver who is in motion. Yeah. Third most rushing yards for a receiver in motion. Uh, most scrimmage yards. For, so it's like he is always moving around the field, and that was the case for his
1: 56-yard touchdown. It was. It was. It was. The, it was. It's a, something, we, you know, you see Shanahan and McVay do it a lot with these motions. And what they do, too, is a lot of the times and what I think you saw yesterday was a corner who was responsible to be the edge setter in the run game. And he's seen this guy come at him with these motions where they run the ball all the time so much that he's thinking, wait, well, is he coming to block me one more time? And they just stutter a little bit. And by the time they stutter to look like, oh, wait, do I need to get over there to the gap to stop there? And the guy's are already gone. And they go, oh, man. And it looks like almost a busted coverage. But it's all part of this genius attack that Sean McVay has. And yesterday I thought what was cool, because, you know, you talk about the, the run game sets it up, right? They came out just doing boots and play actions to kind of set up the run. But I bet you they saw something and they went, oh, this Washington front. They're probably going to sell out to stop our run game. Let's come out and hit them the other way around and then go back to it. Uh, It was a good approach. Rams are looking good. I'm buying the Rams right here.
0: They're having a good year. Uh, Another damn okay to LeBron. He won another title. Baby,
1: LeBron.
0: White Castle Road tweeted you and said, Chris, go crazy and break down Heat Lakers. LeBron deserves a damn okay.
1: He definitely does. Well, anybody that's been listening to my podcast over the years knows I like me some LeBron James. I do. I, I always jump on a guy that I feel like gets wrongly accused, which I know people like right now go, wait, he's never been wrongly accused. But I want to go, yeah, no, early in his career when people saying he couldn't win a championship. And, yeah. oh, my gosh, he's such a bad person. He left his team with an asshole owner and went to Miami. And on that day – he donated a million dollars to the Boys and Girls Club. What a horrible human being. He actually cared about his own life and went somewhere else? I mean, yeah. oh, no. I mean, that's that's that. I got so sick of that that I jumped on the bandwagon and I've been on ever since. His problem, too, is being too great. No like that doubt. That story gets old real fast. It's yes. Like, at first,
0: we we're like, oh, this great guy. And then he didn't win a championship. We're like, okay. That's he's not that good and then he ditched his friends, but then he came back to Cleveland won a title So we loved him for a little bit right for a little and then but then it's like he left again And so he wanted
1: to. yeah, well it is and it's what you said that bothered me always It's just the fact I can't win the championship and I want to be like well I mean who could win a championship with some of those teams? He was on early on with Cleveland and doing that. I don't Michael Jordan couldn't get to the finals for nine years What the hell took him so long? I mean what so that, that I don't think that's a fair argument I'm sick of hearing that shit and you're right, he's a victim of his own greatness. That's where I look at it. That's, where it should, that's what got me on Aaron Rodgers, too. I got sick of hearing that crap, too. I'm going, but he's the only guy on the team. He's the I only reason we talk about them. So, good for LeBron. He's got four now, right? I think four. Four? four. Man, goes next year. He good. gets five. That's pretty good. Nobody, if he gets five, the player, there'll agree. be no argument anymore. I mean, nobody will be, it'll be Jordan one, LeBron two over. Like, I already think that, but yeah. – do you I'm kind of that? hoping we leave that in 2020.
0: Like that's one of those things. We leave COVID-19 in 2020, and we leave whether LeBron was better than Jordan.
1: Yeah, I want to leave that behind. All right. I, I don't think he's better than anymore. Jordan, but I think it's it's close, and he's clearly number two. That's how I do feel about that. All, All right, right so let's go back to football. That's
0: basketball talk with Chris Sims. Yeah. Now it's time for Give Me the Headlines, presented by Hyundai. We got our final two games here. You know, if you're in the the, the end of the show, we got uh, we got some newspaper clippings that we can, we can get to you. We may have a headline from your game, and our first game is Texans versus Jaguars. Texans won 30-14. to 14. They got their first win of the year. Chris, what is your headline?
1: Cooking up some Watson. Oh, <laughs> there we go. Oh, nice. You know where I went to that? Because Brandon Cooks had eight for 161. Sean yeah. had three touchdowns. Finally, we've been waiting for this combination. <laughs> exactly right? right. I mean – We've been hearing about DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray for the last five weeks, yeah. and Texans fans were probably like, wait, what about like, the offseason moves we made? Can we start to see something out of that? And we did yesterday. I mean, Deshaun Watson looked really good. The pass game itself looked good. I mean, there was a lot of big pass plays down the field. I'll be interested to kind of break that down to see what or if they did anything different from you know Bill O'Brien calling the plays. Yeah. And they even ran the ball yesterday. You know, that's the other thing, too. David Johnson got in the fold there, had a pretty good day. Carries, 96 yards. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, and Watson spread it around, too. I mean, it was the 12 targets to Cooks, but he threw to eight different receivers, which was kind of your best-case scenario for that offense. That's like, what I was hoping Watson it would be. Watson can
1: throw it around to a bunch of different dudes. Right, right. What proved to be was the offense is just not vast enough to really get wide receiver by committee the ball, all of them the ball. Whoa, sorry there, Nick. Um Rough year. Yeah, rough year. Uh, But, but, you know, with this group yesterday, we'll we'll see. Maybe this changes. Maybe they do get to find a way to get everybody involved and get Watson on the right track and everything like that. I mean, I'm still concerned about their defense, of course. I don't think it's real good, but they get their first win. And they had a really tough start of the year as far as their schedule is concerned. Yeah, Kansas
0: City, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Minnesota.
1: Yeah. And Minnesota looked really good last Well, week. yeah, they caught Minnesota when Minnesota was straightening it out. I mean, Minnesota's yeah. kind of figured out how they want to play now. So, yeah, don't just look at the record there and go, oh, they lost to 1-3 and three Minnesota. That wasn't easy. And you're right, Minnesota could have easily won last week, should have won last night. There was a moment in this game where Watson threw a pick. Yeah. The Jaguars picked it off.
0: They are running it back. Watson ended up making the tackle. Right. And it was I want to point out a perfect opportunity for a team to start doing rugby in football. That you should teach a defense right now, especially when you have five offensive linemen on the field after a turnover. Yeah. Defenses should practice the rugby return. Right.
1: Laterals return at first yeah. six
0: every time. Yeah. It was another missed opportunity for a team to do my rugby lateral kind of.
1: They're not, that, that type of team can't do it.
0: Why? The because Jaguars? they
1: stink, they'll mess it up.
0: Well, that's fine. It's like
1: look at it as you need like the Ravens to do it. You need the Ravens, a team that has like, well, even if we mess this rugby crap up, we're still going to we'll still stop them on this series and maybe even get a turnover (laughs) and try again. That's true. (laughs) Okay, that's just my logic. Defense (laughs) that gets a turnover, you're like,
0: we might never get a turnover again. (laughs) Yeah, right.
1: We got a hold. Let's kneel. Let's kneel on the ground. Give me
0: the headline for Cardinals thirty to ten over the Jets. Red, go, green, stop. Red, go, green stop. What does that mean? Red go, green stop. Red go. Oh, the Cardinals are red. Right. The green was the Jets, and they stopped.
1: <laughs> you are. Woo! All right. <laughs> All right. That was a bad headline, I guess, if it you was, didn't get well, it. Well, it didn't totally click no. right away. All right. So. Well, I wanted to go. I was thinking of, like, the no-fly zone Yeah. with the Jets because nothing seems to fly in the air exciting there. No. Um, but no Sam Darnold for them. Kyler got back on track. career yes. by 380 yards passing. But what did we really learn from this game, you think? Um, I don't know if we learned learned. learned a whole lot from this football game even just sitting there you know watching it yesterday and everything I'm not so sure I'm necessarily like overly impressed with the Cardinals aspect of the win either. I mean again you know it was late in the third quarter and it was 17-10. Yeah. Now they separated themselves because they are the better football team. Well DeAndre Hopkins a couple big plays late. Right. Right. They got aggressive and, and kind of pushed the ball down the field. I still have a little of my same concerns with the Cardinals though. You know, I went in the year gone, at the end of last year, I saw enough curveballs from Cliff Kingsbury and things in the offense to go, okay, it's not just the spread and all that all the time. I just don't see enough of it. And I think that's where I get a little worried about them. It's just, can you get in the shotgun four wides and beat every team in football every week? No, there's just got to be a little bit more to the offense. And we've seen in some of their games where they struggle, it's just like, yeah, okay, the passing game's not clicking and everything's not on all cylinders. What else can we work to or go to when that's not, you know, a defense has our, you know, has us yeah. down a little bit or has our number here for a quarter or two? What's going on with Kenyon
0: Drake? I drafted him in fantasy, and it's really troubling. He is uh, worst in the NFL with negative 30 yards, 35 yards over expected. So they look at what you should have got
1: against those dots out there in next gen and what you actually got. Um, he's just not cutting it. What's going Doesn't on seem it, you know, and again, they're not the type of offense that's always easy to get in a really great rhythm with as a runner. I mean, we've talked about that. You're always in the shotgun. You're always going sideways. You're doing all that. I think this is the typical sometimes what you see college coach who's gone to the pros where the NFL is catching on a little bit, and that's what I'm worried about. It's it's like three games in a row, and, I, again, I, I haven't seen this film yet, but just – People always seem to be dropping in the right areas to stop certain plays and certain passes, and I think there's really only one or two runs that they really run as far as their run game is concerned. And I think with all of that, it's kind of catching up to them. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're still a team that's, uh, you know, got to figure some things out. Uh, I, I do look at them. They're dangerous. He's dangerous. Um, but, yeah, it's just I feel like there's defenses are catching on to what they do, Ahmed. Red, go,
0: green, stop. Segment over. That was Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai, which now brings us to the final part of our show, which is yet to pick up a sponsor, but maybe one day. Oh, it's coming. Right? Come, It's
1: coming. Right. right. Uh, the, and a few more headlines like Red Go Green Stop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's going to get a look at that and be like, we're questioning what, our decision here. Uh, Especially the, a
1: car company. They might really question it.
0: Ahmed Farid's Trevor Lawrence top pick power rankings here. Let's go. So we have one team falling out. We only have one team falling out from last week. I had the Dolphins at five. Yes. And you just can't stay in scoring 43 against the 49ers no. on the road. That's just the there's you just can't and like honestly that's the kind of performance that could keep them out for the rest of the year. Very cocky of them to yes. do that. Yes, they've, I, they've, I agree. They've really they've really taken themselves out of this conversation, which is disappointing. Back in the conversation now is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm. I'm putting them in um, with their loss to the Texans previous. When you give a team their their first win, it's like okay, you've got me intrigued. You've got me intrigued now. I considered the Falcons here. You thought I would put them back in. I think Arthur Blank wants me to put them back in here. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I need to see. I need to see more. Like, it's, tell me that Matt Ryan's not playing and Julio's done for the year. Maybe I'll consider you back in there, but not quite yet. Okay. Giants go uh, fall a spot to four. Too close to Dallas. Little concerning there. Offense looked okay. Yeah. Could have been just the Cowboys' defense. And so I'm going to give them a little bit of a pass there. Right. But that was a little concerning. So I dropped them down one. Uh, moved up one. Another team from the NFC East. Football team. They move up one here. Because we got drama. And whenever you have drama, especially at the quarterback position, I yeah. like that.
1: Yeah, I bet you do.
0: And so football team goes up. Uh, we don't know what's going on with Dwayne Haskins. Was not even at the facility. Right. So right. it's like we're, we're moving them up to three. Lions remain two in the bye. Because even, even though they didn't play, there's a lot of chatter coming from, coming from Michigan about what's going on with Patricia. You see two coaches already getting fired. So, you know, more drama's brewing in Detroit. So I'm fairly confident and certain in their number two ranking up to this point. But uh, number one is the Jets. Of course Because they is. lost to a team that you said I have concerns about. <laughs> 30 to 10 in a game that probably they were never going to lose. Uh, they are, if they are, they're doing so well right now that I almost feel like we should put this on pause until there's more of a competition. Because I think that the the gap is getting so wide now between I, the Jets I would agree. and everyone else yeah. that they're almost making this a laughingstock.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, what I'm a little concerned is I think it's the the Jets and the Giants might be getting down there to that category where they're like solidified themselves as one and two for a long time here don't
0: sleep on the lions don't sleep on the lions though no nope. they can still make a case i'm
1: not i'm still shocked you don't have the falcons in there i
0: am no falcons no. and once again this is not necessarily the team that's going to take trevor lawrence right. but we think they're most likely to have the to be option opposition to, yeah take trevor lawrence although all those teams could that i just mentioned right there could take them and could you maybe not the giants i think the giants like daniel jones but every uh, other team there could consider them. Well, yeah, they definitely could. You're right. Before we go, yeah. I'm going to show one tweet that Uh-oh. I had here. I'm active on Twitter, Chris. You follow me. You retweeted this, I believe. I, no, did. I did.
1: Saw you, I saw you. I saw you. Them. You got some crap on this.
0: Um, so this one was uh, from <coughs> After the Bears win against the Buccaneers, I go, without looking it up, I'll nominate the Chicago Bears as the worst 4-1 team in NFL history. And I will stand by that. Although there were some, some homies out there who tweeted back and showed some teams that were – Four and one, and ended up finishing like five and eleven. So good memories out there to the to the homies. Um, so as we end this, Pete wanted me to rank yeah. the teams um, that I don't like yeah. from the Lions division, and uh, because oh that's right because a lot you were getting all the heat on uh, the Browns right, and I got some heat from Bears fans, and I said I don't care because I genuinely dislike the Bears. Like yeah. you don't g- dislike the Browns. No, um, you just were tough on them. I genuinely dislike.
1: Chicago. Yeah. I just Brown's fans, Sorry for like liking you guys and like questioning the hire of Kevin Savansky. I'm sorry. Yes. How, how dare I do that to you guys? I know you guys have hired so many of the right coaches over the years. So here's the teams that I hate the most in the Lions Division. Yeah. Like, starting with the least
0: hated Minnesota Vikings, right. because I can respect them. You know they've, they've been good for a long time, and they don't get the recognition I think they deserve. For being as good as they've Agree. been. Agree.
1: They kind of fly under the radar there. There, You're right. What is it? Are their fans like nice too? Is that like why you don't like Absolutely. them? They don't seem in to, like Minnesota, they're jerks. It's not like they
0: have a ton going on yeah. there. So I, I, I don't hate them as much as I hate the Packers, but I still don't hate the Packers, really. Like Aaron Rodgers, how do you hate greatness like that? No. The only reason I would put them above the Vikings is because I do hate playing at Lambeau Field.
1: Okay. So, like
0: the Lions have no chance. No. It's like, I don't even know why they go to those. Yeah, games. no. They, they should not even show up. They'll them. find a way to screw and, it up. And if the game's in December, like they they really should not even go. Yeah. Like if it's cold, they should not
1: show up. Um, so, but you do but they're you they're, hate the Packers a little more than the Vikings. A little more than the a Vikings. More, right. A little bit
0: more. Yeah. But then there's a wide gap. Yeah. with the Bears. Because the Bears I feel like have been good, but not really they're not really good. Right. They just win these games and then, you know, you like win enough games, you have a big ego and you're like, "Oh, we're way better than you." And right. I'm like, "You're not that much better." Right. The Lions. I know, record-wise, it looks like you've been significantly better than us for many years, but you're not that good. It's like the guy in high school. You're like, come on, you're like you're not that cool. It's like yeah. you're acting like super cool, but you're yeah. not that. Right. Cool. They're it's acting like
1: of, they're like a different level than you, you ex- Lions fans. Exactly. Like, it's like they look down like, on us. We're so us. established. We're the no, Bears. Like we are, won a Super Bowl in '85.
0: Yeah. It's like you are better than us, but not as much as you, like you think. Yeah. So that's why I don't like. But it's not just the Bears, it's the Bulls, it's every Chicago team.
1: Oh, is it? Do is it, they all bother you? They all bother
0: Cubs me. or White Sox fans worse? Um, well, there aren't many White Sox fans. <laughs> so that's hard to, that's hard to say. Um, and Cubs fans, yeah, Cubs fans got the same thing as the Bears. Do it's they? Like they haven't won enough. Right. To, to puff beat, out their chest beat, the way they do?
1: confident. All right. Team. Yeah. Well, you guys know where Ahmed is, Chicago. <laughs> Just let me know. I'll yeah. throw some right jabs at him or something. Whenever we get away from social distancing, I will punch him or do something. I promise. <laughs> yeah, it's not not allowed right now. All right, we did it. We did it. We did Another it. Monday we did in the
0: books. And my always my goal for Kristen to get her out of here. Yeah, we did it under two hours. Wow, so good job. Good. You're that's
1: a good. really nice guy. Yep, exactly. Got a big game tonight, too. Chargers, Saints, Battle of Breeze. Yep. Yep. I like the Saints. Sorry. I'd
0: love to see the Chargers win this game. Oh. Me too. I think it'd be cool if the Chargers win this game. So we'll be, gonna, I just want a good game. All I want to pick the Chargers in this one.
1: All right, good job, dude. Well done. Hey, make sure you wear another red shirt next week, okay? <laughs> My best color. Clap it up. Yes. Let's do it. Clap it up. Whoa, 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 whoa.